Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Borgay and Saul Bookman. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? I hate oh. talking about drama. <laughs> I think we're all feeling the same way right now. Like, yes, we have to have this conversation, but no, none of us want to have this conversation. And I ran out of OGs, so I couldn't even take anything just to chill me out. Oh, God, here we go. So it's a rough Wednesday over here for, for a lot of people, but I mean, let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Let's get right into it. So Baxter Holmes wrote yet another article about the alleged workplace toxicity, misogyny, racism, and more within the Phoenix Suns organization. And I think what we should do, if you guys are on board with this, I'll read some things from the article, and then we can kind of discuss them as we go. So to kind of set the table for anybody who maybe hasn't read the article yet, um, there was a woman who worked for the Suns for a very long time, Melissa Fender Fender Panajitakupoulos. Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. And thank you. This is from the article itself. So I'll read you this little excerpt. She began working for the Suns in August 2027, in 2007, sorry, sent a resignation email on May 20th to 16 members of the ownership group, including majority owner Robert Sarver, challenging them to address what she said is a toxic and misogynistic workplace culture. So she held the title of Senior Premium Experience Manager, a position responsible for helping to generate revenue from high-level clients. And she has held that position from April 2014 until her resignation. So mm-hmm. kind of to start things off, um, I think one of the things, and we'll get into this, I'll read this little nugget of information as well. But for me specifically, when I was reading this article, I felt like there was a lot of new information within it. It wasn't like it was a ton of information. Obviously, things were kept vague, probably for a reason. Um, but there were some things in this article that I feel like we had not heard yet in any previous article or just rumors or reports or anything of that sort. And that is that she alleged that there were, quote, inherent conflicts of interest with managers' ability to receive commissions, cherry pick deals, revise sweet lease terms to line their own pockets, 
and operate in a different manner than the rest of the sales organization uh, with no true consistent systems or oversight. How do you guys feel about this so far? My, my first initial takeaway is in this era right now, and, and I, listen, I, th- I think these issues were big before, and I think they've ma- been made even bigger now because of what you're seeing just in, in workplace culture across the country. Um, you have a lot of places that have been toxic, that have been, um, they have been oppressive to, uh, to certain people. And a lot of these people during the pandemic figured that out and said, you know what, I don't need that shit in my life. Um, and I think this is another example of somebody that, that is, has seen the worst of what a workplace has to offer and has said, like, this is bullshit. This is complete bullshit. Not only are you mistreating people, uh, you know, uh, of, of my ilk um, uh, and others as well, but you are also literally affecting my livelihood by taking money out of my pocket. And listen, my dad taught me from a very young age, you don't fuck with people's money. Like that's just something you do not do. And I don't care if this is something that just, oh, it just happens. Like this, you know, it happens in sales or it happens in these, these types of workplace. You want to work in sports? Well, you got to deal with these kind of things. Bullshit, bullshit. Like that's, that excuse is so far gone. Like, you have to make sure you take care of your people and you give them the, the, the opportunity to make a living the way that you basically told them they could from uh, up front. Like that's, that's the, that's the thing. Um, so that, that's kind of where I, where my disgruntledness comes from is that it's just, it's just, again, it just falls in line with everything that we've heard already. Um, I know that there's, there's, there's people that we know that have been affected by this and, it's just not fair. It's, it's really not fair. Right. And, and I think the response to this has been tepid and we should push back on that because, you know, not only is it more fuel to the fire based on the initial reports that we got from ESPN months ago, but it's also, it, it's just that whole excuse, Saul, like you're talking about of just because it happens everywhere, doesn't mean we should put up with it. Like just because that's the way it is, doesn't mean that's what we should aspire for it to be. This is yet another example. This is more details about some of the prejudicial ways that this organization operates, and it extends much further than just the guy at the very top. And that's concerning. That's alarming. And there's a lot to be taken from this. This is not just more of the same. Gerald, you really hit the nail on the head there for me with that statement, because within this article, it also said, quote, she did not specifically reference any issues with Sarver or name any individual employee. However, when you read through it, you can kind of formulate the conclusion that she is speaking. I mean, and she does say there was consistent retaliation and bullying by my direct leadership. So she is pointing to issues at leadership or executive type level um, people within the organization. And while I understand that from a fan perspective or an outsider perspective, majority of this conversation is centered around Robert Sarver and wanting him to sell the team. And I'm not, I have no, nothing to say about that directly, but this article speaks to the fact that it's not just a Robert Sarver issue. It could also be an issue with 
leadership in general within the organization. And if you take a step back and not center your own personal feelings within this conversation and this situation that is happening at hand, you should want the team that you are rooting for, the team that you are putting your money into, because when you tune into games, when you buy tickets, when you buy merch, you are supporting this organization as a whole, you should want them to treat their employees with dignity and respect. And and that could also start at the very, it does start at the very top, but it also trickles down to leadership level. And people in that position, if some of these things that have been alleged are true, should also be held equally responsible in the same way that you would want Robert Sarver to be held responsible. Like you have to look at the big picture with these type of situations. It's not always one person or one situation. It is, and clearly this has affected so many people. There were 70 plus people who have spoken to either Baxter Holmes. There's probably even more who have spoken to the investigators this is affecting a lot of people's lives and a lot of people's mental health, a lot of people's pocketbooks, like in so many ways. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, if I'm going to continue to root for a team, I want to know that that team is on the up and up on the back end of things and treating people who do the heavy lifting for that team and for the things we get to engage with and enjoy. I want to know they're being treated well. I totally agree. I I totally agree. I I think that's, Again, this is something that that has been, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, um, uh, for unfortunately commonplace within this organization. It just has, and it's not right, and and, and it needs to change. And I and I do believe it's about to change. I, I at least my faith in Adam Silver, of all people, and the way he has come down on organizations and people that have crossed the line, and it's been pretty firm across the board. I I, I still have a you know, a level of faith that that will still happen. But I wholeheartedly agree. Like, listen, any corporate structure you get to, you have the CEO and then you have the upper executives. And by and large, the executive level is where everything begins because the CEOs basically come in once or twice, three, four times a year. They make their appearance. They just want to make sure everything's good. Everybody puts on the dog and pony show for them. And then as soon as they leave, they're off the hook. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening with Robert Sarver because we know he's a lot more invested than that. So I'm not taking him off the, you know, uh, off the realm of uh, responsibility. But to your point, Lindsay, I agree. Guys like Jason Rowley, guys that, that have now left the organization but are still on the hook, in my opinion, for a lot of the toxicity and the misogyny and the racism that has been cultivated within that organization over the last two decades, they're still responsible. And a lot of them are still there. And it's really unfortunate, especially when you look back and you look at, again, the pandemic. And it was like, oh, this is a perfect time to weed out some of the people that are really good in this organization. That's what I took it as. You lose, they lost a lot of good people, good people that we have all worked with, that we know to be good people, that that we've that we've developed friendships with. And it was like they enhanced the 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 evil workplace because now they had more control to bring in more people that might be able to feed into that. And then all of a sudden you get investigated. And now I feel like Khaleesi is about to come back to fucking Westeros and, and shit's about to hit the fan in my opinion. And, and I do think that that also speaks to a larger point as far as I understand the fan impulse to look at this as 
this new report as, okay, where's the smoking gun? Where's the piece of evidence that's going to get Robert Sarver out of here? And while I understand that because Suns fans hated Robert Sarver from a basketball perspective, Mm -hmm. they hate him even more now because of these reports that have emerged as far as the culture of misogyny um, and and racism within the organization as a whole. But we've got to take a step back and realize that this type of thing is bigger than basketball. It's bigger than your rooting interest as far as wanting to see the Suns win a championship and all that crap. Like, this is about people's livelihoods, like Lindsay said, about their pocketbooks. Like, this woman literally was there for 14, 15 years and resigned because she wasn't getting the same opportunities that were being afforded to her by men in the organization. That's alarming. And when you're also being bullied after that for voicing those concerns, mm-hmm. that speaks to a whole foundational issue that goes way beyond your rooting interests or how you personally feel about Robert Sarver. It takes a a special piece of you know what to understand you're getting investigated hear somebody complain about it and say listen this is happening under your purview and it's affecting me on a day-to-day basis and still double down and be a giant piece of shit Mm -hmm. and still make that person feel even worse than they did before like it it takes a a pretty awful person and i have no i have no shame and no problem in saying that it takes a very bad person to be able to do that to another human being repetitively and think that you're going to get away with it. And I hope they don't. Whoever is in charge of this specific individual, whoever's in charge of that entire office, um, out obviously Robert Sarver is, is the, the kingpin of this whole thing, but it does trickle down. There is multiple layers. Listen, in this company right now, you have Brandon, who's our CEO. If he was a giant dickhead, and I love you, Brandon. Uh, if he was, you know, just a complete asshole, and then he and he hired me, and I was that same jerk. Espo would be a jerk. Jacob would be a jerk. All the managers would be a jerk, and it would all run downhill. That's how it goes a lot of times, and that's not okay. That's why you have to change that culture. And whether that means you get rid of Sarver by cutting he- the head off the snake or not. There's, it's a bigger problem than just one individual. And I understand the influence that Robert Sarver could have on the entire organization. But, but there are a lot of people that are good that could be put into those situations that can help rehabilitate how they do things within or, that organization, whether Sarver there, Sarver's there or not. And every person to a man or a woman has that responsibility to treat everybody else the way they want to be treated. And a lot of these people do not. So I'm going to address something from the comments real quick. So we got a comment that said there isn't even any examples she lists. No evidence, no examples. What a world we live in. And then there was another comment that said, I agree with that. It's just a lot of this person said this. So here's the thing. This is an article that is highlighting something that is allegedly going on behind the scenes. First and foremost, you are not entitled to the entire story right now. You're not entitled to any, you're not entitled to anything. It is at the discretion of the people who are coming forward, who are partaking in this, in this investigation to share that with people who can do something about it. We are not entitled to get all of that information. And if that's what you're hanging your hat on, then quite frankly, shame on you. If you can't read between the lines, then go back and reread it until you can read between the lines. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be rude 
or mean or whatever, but I've also made the mistake of reading the comments below Baxter's tweet last night and just the amount of sheer disregard for human life and like their well-being and mental health and being afforded an opportunity to work in an environment that's just okay. I'm not even asking for a great working environment. We're talking about just a decent work environment at this point. Like, guys, cut it out. Like, quit centering yourself into a situation where you literally have nothing to do with it. Like, you should start believing these people that, like we said, there are 70 plus people who have come out and shared this. And that's just the people we know about. There could be hundreds more that we don't know about. All I'm saying is sit back and if you really have to center yourself, then center yourself as if you were the person behind this article who put her name on it. You think she's going to put her name on it if it's not true? Like, come on, you guys. Again, I will also, I, I will also <sighs> say this real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off, Gerald, but I will also say this. There's a lot of Suns podcasts out there and there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of noise out there. Uh, we are one of the few that has people that have experience in this specific manner. Now, I'm going to keep it as vague as that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then I can't help you. But I, there's some real-world experience going on on this specific podcast. So don't, don't, don't. Again, people are, are centering this, like you said, Lindsay. They're putting themselves at the center because it's coming from a place of, will this get this owner that I don't like out? And they're looking for this piece of incendiary, explosive, like, oh, here's – a document that Robert Sarver signed with, you know, giant, like, no, you're not going to get that piece of evidence. It doesn't exist, but that's not the point of this whole conversation. Like if your base reaction to this type of story, isn't, wow, that is a shitty workplace. That's a shitty work environment. And it's instead, Oh, this is hearsay or like, Oh, it's, he said, she said, like, how can you prove it again? You're trying to look for proof because you are selfishly looking at this situation as will it get Robert Sarver out? And that's not the right way to go about this. That's not the point of bringing up this story or talking about it at all. It goes much bigger than that. And it's much more important than that, to be quite honest with you, because while we all want Robert Sarver out because he is at the head of such a toxic work environment where a, a woman is resigning and saying the culture is eroding, like that's a, that's a very strong statement. When a woman is saying that like she's voiced her concerns and her superiors told her to go take a cold shower, like that's not okay. And we're looking at this wrong. Like you're if you're looking at it as, oh, that's not gonna get Robert Sarver out, or that's just that happens everywhere. What are we doing? We need to take a step ask, back and ask ourselves, what are we doing? I Icon in the chat had, had mentioned, he said, as someone who's worked in management for corporations for 20 years, I can safely say that most people's complaints are bullshit. Everyone thinks they are, they are, they are looked over for, for jobs. And while I know that happens, we are not talking about one, two, shit, even up to 10 people. We are literally talking about 70 plus people. That changes the dynamic completely. It changes right. the dynamic completely. And so now you have a culture that has been cultivated of things of that nature. And that's the difference between normal corporate world stuff and what's going on currently with this organization. It really in a, in a, in a dream job, quote unquote, for a lot of people. That's the other thing about this is like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the first time I got, I got hired at Fox sports, Arizona, which is as close to a professional sports team that I, I, I had gotten at that point. I was ecstatic. 
It's a major sports network. I was like, oh my God, I arrived. I was excited. You know what I mean? Like, and then I remember going to the Suns, just covering the team and thinking like, this is, that would ultimately be my dream job is to work in social or digital with the Suns and just hearing all the bad stories about that, that workplace and that toxicity in that environment. And I mean, two years in, my boss had asked me, hey, if a job came over at Suns, would you be interested? I said, no, no, mm-hmm. not even a little bit. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. Yeah, we, we've all heard the, heard the stories. Like Saul and I have heard stories similar to this one about people who have had their commissions basically stolen, yep. that cherry-picking element from this story where they did all the work and some higher-up came in at the last second and stole basically all of their commission. And you got to keep in mind with a job like this, this is thousands of dollars on the line, like a lot of money. They get paid base salary. And then on top of that, it's mostly commission. So this type of thing matters. It is huge to have a a woman coming out here and alleging that, you know, she was picked over for certain jobs like this, that she wasn't allowed to work from home or afforded the same working from home status as, as a mother compared to someone else who was a man in the company, like that type of thing matters. My ears are hot and my hands are shaking because I'm very upset and angry about everything. And I don't want to say something that's going to get me in trouble. So do you guys have any final thoughts on this? My only Um, thought is. Because I just, I just need to take a step back. My only thought is, is, you know, listen, if you're out there, OGs, you got to send me something, man. Cause I just, (laughs) I need, I just, I do. I just need to come down. I, I just hope that we get some, type of update on the investigation, not necessarily even closure, but just some type of update on what to expect, what the next steps are, because that's been the hardest part about this whole thing is this has been happening. It continues to happen clearly, and it's not going away anytime soon. So I'm hoping that the NBA, after the finals are over, will have some type of update on what this investigation is finding, because I want them to be thorough. Obviously that's the most important thing. Do the job. Well, don't rush through it, but I really do hope that that theory that they were waiting until after the finals, like hopefully game six is the last game and we can get some type of update on what's going on here. Also, I, I, my, my last thought is please, please, please. I hope this doesn't turn into another university of Arizona bullshit thing. Cause that's four years running of investigations still going on. And they're supposed to get resolution this year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, NBA, please. You've heard about this. The NBA has heard rumblings of this for quite a while. Like, mm-hmm. I just refuse to believe that they haven't heard that. So, like, they need to wrap this up ASAP. Because, listen, it affects not only, you know, the the people that are in that organization. Like, if you know you have to go to work and it's been acknowledged that this environment is awful and you still have to show up and you still have to put in the work and you still have to deal with that BS and you know, somebody out else out there can, could affect it and they can change it for the better. You want them to step in as fast as possible. But right now we're kind of in a wait and see mode. Um, so hopefully there's some resolution quickly for those people for sure. So if y'all need some OGs, 
Uh, stop by your local dispensary. OG's <laughs> makes uh, scratch-made THC gummies that are quite delightful, really good for chilling out. Or just, you know, if you need some zen in your life because everything's like tense and stressful, uh, you can go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. They have a whole bunch of flavors that are quite delicious. And, and, just- and because I don't have OG's, I will just go ahead and jump <laughs> to our our one of our, now one of my favorite sponsors now, in uh, Four Peaks, I got the hazy IPA right here, ready to go. We might as well go ahead and crack this one open, yeah, because it's a little uh, unnerving right now. Yeah, I mean, OGs, Four Peaks beer, whatever floats your boat. I gave y'all permission yesterday to start the party early at like two thirty p.m. on a Tuesday. Hey, let's just keep the party going at two thirty p.m. on a Wednesday. Let's go hazy IPA. Why not? Mm, <laughs> Or you could wait until the weekend and you can enjoy responsibly. Just make sure you're 21 or older, okay? Am I allowed, am I allowed to drink with COVID? I don't I don't think it helps, but I don't think it hurts. Has <laughs> <I, laughs> anybody asked that question before? I would guess uh, no. I mean, I feel fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh I'm not a doctor. Gosh. I'm not yeah, a doctor. So, yeah. You know what they did? They did say back in the day that if you were starting to feel sick or you have a little something in your throat to, to have some alcohol because it kills the bacteria. So maybe, Saul, maybe. I don't know. Every time I've ever had a beer when I wasn't feeling quite well, it's always made it like 10 times worse. But I don't know. It's just me. Every, so everybody, Jay and Josh every, both say alcohol kills germs. So there you go. There you go. All right. Down the hatch. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. We are going to remember to drink responsibly. Yes. By the please way, do. 21 and over, please drink okay. responsibly. We're going to play a little game of what if. What if the Suns had, insert thought here, would this season have played out differently? So it's a what if based around this past season with the Suns. Uh, Saul, you want to you want to tip us off? No, let Gerald go first. I've ta- oh, okay. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Oh, this is a tough one because there's a lot of what ifs. I think the biggest one, obviously, after the last few weeks is what if the Suns, there hadn't been a COVID outbreak, but I feel like that's too easy and we've talked about that. So I'm going to cast that one aside. I'm going to go with a more random one. What if the Suns had not locked up the one seed as earlier as they did? And I was pretty vocal about that last seven or eight game stretch where the Suns didn't look like themselves really saying like they have nothing to play for it's not a big deal like they're resting guys it's going to be okay they'll turn it back on when it matters and i was totally wrong on that so i do wonder like if anybody had been remotely close to them in the standings or if they had won you know 58 games instead of 64 would they have been coming into the playoffs in more of a groove like would they, because it felt like they were at this breakneck pace to break that franchise record and then they got there and then they looked at the calendar and were like shit we still have like two weeks of the season left before the games really mattered and i do wonder like did they peak too early if they had lost a couple games here and there and hadn't been so far ahead in the standings that they had no one pressing them no one you know making it even remotely interesting in those last couple of weeks would we have seen a different suns team in the playoffs. And I am curious your guys' thoughts about this because we can talk about 
you know, Devin Booker and the hamstring thing, maybe if he had rested a few more games or, you know, Chris Paul wearing down that whole idea. But I think it goes beyond that, just staying sharp and staying in the right condition and, and being in that right rhythm and groove heading into the most important time of the year. What do you guys think? Did they peak too soon? If they had lost more games, would this have been any different? I I personally don't I don't think it really mattered. Mm-hmm. I just don't because guess what? They're still getting COVID in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that did, that didn't change anything. You know what I mean? So uh, I I I don't know. I I don't I I don't see it that way. I, I just I feel like players you know they might be rusty for a game or two getting into the playoffs, but then they they usually come back to what they really are. And uh, this Suns team, for whatever reason, just couldn't find it. Uh, and they were they were faced with some tough, tough matchups against the the Pelicans. And then, obviously, the Mavs were on a whole other level at some point. So, um, yeah, I don't see it that way. Lindsay? Um, I have some theories about this because you said they still would have gotten COVID in the second round. Well, what if they had swept the Mavs? They would have gotten COVID later on, potentially, or list it. Because who knows? But Chris, but Chris Paul was fucking around. But it was mainly five, three. six, and seven that were really bad, right? He was awful in game three and four. But terrible. Like the whole team. Oh like yeah, but Chris Paul's team. the head of the those, state those were right the worst now. Ones. Yeah, but I'm just saying, potentially. But Gerald, I do see kind of your point because we had talked a lot at the end of the regular season, like what's going on? Like, is this mm-hmm. just? players resting more is it just because there's nothing left to play for had there been something still to play for later on in the regular season maybe they wouldn't have gotten so just lax you know what I mean they Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been so complacent almost feeling in hindsight anyway heading into the playoffs and maybe we would have maybe we would have wrapped up the first round quicker and gotten into the second round maybe a little bit quicker too I don't know just so many different little scenarios but that's what what ifs are all about and I, and I do think it's not even just as far as the sharpness of being in rhythm and all that stuff but also like the mental aspect of it like wrapping up that one seed that early they pretty much kind of like approach the rest of the season as we're invincible we are and they were like this all year you know they were the best motherfucking team in the world according to JaVale McGee before every single game but like if you have to work to get that a little bit more instead of looking down at everyone else in the standings, you know, way down there, like maybe it's a little bit different as far as your mentality heading into that first round. Maybe you don't see yourself as invincible and take a shot in the jaw in that first round series and are like, Oh shit, maybe we're not. And then the doubt starts to creep in. I don't know. I'm just theorizing, but again, that's what, what ifs are about. So I, I do wonder if it had been closer in the standings, if they had, pace themselves a little bit differently, not better, but differently, maybe they do take care of business quicker Mm. in those first two rounds. So my what if is the same as Joel's from the comments. What if Cam Johnson never hurt his quad? Where would we be now? I think that was a big what if from this season because that seemed like that game was fantastic from Cam Johnson. And it almost really, when we when we spoke about it after the game, it was like, is this the turning point for Cam? Is this is what's going to propel him to really take the next step and find more consistency in that next step and be a huge contributor for this team heading into the playoffs? But then he got hurt. He missed a whole bunch of time. It took him forever to 
I don't even know if you can say he really found his rhythm at all after that for the rest of the season, including the playoffs. What if Cam Johnson didn't get hurt? That's that's a good one. And I I mean, you look at the six games he played right up until the point he got hurt, 14 points, 21 points, 15, 23, 20, and 38. Like he was playing the best basketball of his career, not just that one last game against the Knicks where he hit the game winner. Like he was legitimately finding his stride. He was being, he would look like a six man of the year guy. And then he gets hurt and he wasn't that bad in the playoffs, but it wasn't the same. And it wasn't, you know, what we saw from him in the finals last year or even during the playoffs for the most part. So that is a good one because, you know, I don't think that Cam Johnson dropping 20 a game would have changed what happened in that Mavs series, but it definitely would have helped a couple of timely buckets here, a couple of timely buckets there. Like maybe we're talking about a one road win on all you need is one road win in that series to move on. So that's, that's a good one. And that sucks because we literally, you know, Cam is a guy that every time it feels like he's gotten into a groove, he's gotten hurt somehow, both times by the freaking Knicks taking a knee to the quad. So Next year, when they play the Knicks, just sit Cam Johnson out. Like, don't <laughs> let him play the fucking Knicks again so we can keep him on the court. Uh, yeah, I, I do. That's a great one. Like, Cam Johnson, listen, I, you needed everybody to step up in the playoffs and mm-hmm. take it to another level. It certainly looked like Cam was on that, finally getting into that, that path. And then it all came crashing down. And then he tried to find it and he just kind of sputtered the rest of the season. So I agree with that one. That's a good one. Mine is a little bit different. Okay. Uh, I had multiple ones to choose from because I yeah. figured you were going to go with Sweet Baby Baby Cam. I knew that uh. was going to happen. Um, I figured Gerald was probably going to go with the trade and Eric Gordon. Yeah. Um, we saw some of those in the comments. I, yeah. I, I, I thought that. But mine is a little bit more like – it's just more realistic, guys. It just oh, is. boy. Can't oh, wait boy. to hear this one. I mean, what if Monty <laughs> would have just played Aaron Holiday more? That's oh, it. <laughs> Aaron Holiday was the best point guard on the Phoenix Suns roster, arguably, oh. in, in five <laughs> of the seven games against the Dallas Mavericks. Tell me otherwise. No, I'm telling you otherwise. <laughs> Tell me otherwise. Because it wasn't Chris Paul. It wasn't campaign. It damn sure wasn't Alfred Payton. The best point guard on the team was just sitting. Sitting. Fully healthy, ready to go, fully engaged, couldn't get any run. <laughs> Gerald, we should have seen this one coming, Aaron to be Holiday. honest with you. If, if, Monty, if Monty would have played Aaron Holiday in that stretch where he just refused to play him and continuously played Alfred Pay- Payton, he would have seen, oh, oh, there's a little bit something here. But no, we had to go and trust our guy that we said we just couldn't get enough of from New York, and he absolutely was worthless, and then campaign was worthless, and it was just a trickle-down effect, really, honestly. I could even what if this and say, what if the Suns never got Alfred Payton? Then maybe campaign wouldn't have been as shitty as he was. But I'm not going to go there. Aaron Holiday should have played more, and that is my biggest what if, because I Truly, I do believe this. I, I'm being a little facetious with a lot of this stuff. Okay. But but in reality, I do believe in game four, there was an opportunity there to be had. Mm-hmm. And Monty refused to play Aaron Holiday 
when he knew he just they were right there and he just needed a little spark of energy to get his guys going in the right direction. And he refused. He refused. And he continuously held on to the same bullshit that cost him in so many games and series in the playoffs. And it it ultimately cost them their season. Aaron Holiday should have played a lot more than he did. I just feel like he was a lot more consistent from the perimeter than damn sure 12% or 14% campaign from the perimeter. Um, He was healthy. Knock on wood, I think. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, I just Aaron Holiday. So I don't think I'm going to go as far as Vaughn did in the comments saying we would have won all caps, but I will say I agree <laughs> that he should have played more. You should have at least tried it because this this was literally a break glass in case of an emergency situation, and we refused to break glass in case of emergency. Here's so I'm an- with you on that. Here's another one, right? In my mind as, as a fan – Growing up, this is where my mentality was as a kid. Is like, how bad does it have to get for my favorite player to come off the bench and finally get some run, right? Game seven was that game. Like, they were down by like a million midway through the second quarter. And I immediately was like, I did mean, just throw me in there. What, what could go wrong? When Luca had more points, points combined, it was like, yeah, let's just oh. try whatever at this oh, point because gosh. this is just downright embarrassing. I, and I didn't know how back, back, how far back we wanted to go on the what if, but I will say my my actual my other one that I was pondering was, what if Igor Kokoshkov? No. Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. What if he wasn't just so damn absolutely all about Devin Booker and nothing else that he would actually give Da a little bit more development? on the offensive side of the ball. And maybe we wouldn't be in the situation where DA is just this distant third option. Maybe, maybe. Oh Gerald's about God. to have a Every, Every no. press conference, Igor would come up. Well, you know, this team's based around Devin Booker, which it should have been, but it was always Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker. I'm like, bro, I get he's good, but you also have this dude right here. Why aren't you doing anything for him? I feel like Gerald's literally turning red right now. (laughs) I was at those press conferences. I was there. I know. All right. So we're just going to ignore that DeAndre Ayton's average his most points. And I'm pretty sure field goal attempts under Igor Kokoskov. We're just going to throw that out the window and pretend like that wasn't. Yes, Gerald. That's what you do on what ifs. On his lowest efficiency as well. That was all based on his effort from the University of Arizona, Gerald. That's it. That's the only reason why he reached the heights that he reached. No. Igor, like, oh, my God. I cannot (laughs) even with this. You've broken Gerald, so congratulations. I'm going full Stephen A. Smith, and I acknowledge that right now. He really is. (laughs) Killing me. Look. And this is going to be tied in with the Chris Paul conversation too and the money thing. And like, my thing is the Suns run so much offense where DeAndre Ayton is the, the first option as far as he's the guy that makes everything happen for everyone else because of his gravity, because you have to put somebody on him when he sets a good screen and rolls the way that he does. Like, otherwise that's an automatic bucket. We know how efficient he is at the rim we know how good he is and how much he became a release valve for the offense in the mid-range, too. That's DA's added to his repertoire. since day one, just so we all know. Exactly. And that's that off the ball. But, yes, <laughs> like he has been getting double teamed. 
the thing is like Igor did a good job of running him stuff and setting him up for stuff. You lost me a good job. <laughs> In that specific aspect, I'll, I'll fully acknowledge he lost the team about like halfway through the season, maybe before that. Like there was, they just didn't see eye to eye in the way that Monty and this team have connected. And he wasn't the right man for this job. But in terms of getting eight in the ball and getting eight in looks and feeding DA, that was pretty good. He got him set up pretty well. I will say, as for the Aaron Holiday thing, like I would have loved to see Aaron Holiday play more. I don't think he's swinging the series for you, but they should have, they should have put him in there. I am not going to say he was the best point guard on the Suns in that series because that's just ridiculous. I said, no, I didn't say for the series. I said for five of the seven Even games. Even for of the five series. of the seven, he wasn't. <laughs> Guys, come on. No. Hey, you got to give me at least a little bit of like, oh, I can see how you got there. Look, so. look, look, look. No, I can't. I'll give you one game. I'll give you one game. There you go. I'll take it. I'll take uh, it. That's all one, you're getting. One. Don't ask for more. <laughs> one lone solitary game. <laughs> game four. I you really like, if Espo was here, this would be Espo's what if. So Dagoon in the comments said, what if we didn't wave Frank? That's when all of this started. And then Vaughn said, yeah, we need our rabbit's foot back. Bring Frank back. You know Espo would be 100% on board with this what if if he was here right now. He would. But he, I think he also would have said the Eric Gordon thing as well. Yeah, I think I think, like I think I think that's that's the big that's the big one. I think that everybody could have what if. Yeah, that's true. But I do like this theory around Frank because that was one of the things everyone was like. But Frank's such a good locker room guy, yeah. and it all went well, downhill after Frank left. Can I throw you guys a curveball? Sure. What Another if one? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me one more. What My if? I twitched a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one more. What if? But about your life. Okay. Oh. Oh yeah. Hmm. Do you have one? I think you should go first if you have one. Yeah, yeah, I actually okay, do. Okay, you go actually, first, yeah. so Gerald and I can start pondering and, a little and, bit. And I'm not trying to think. I'm not trying to, you know, harness my inner Uncle Rico or anything like that. But uh, I really wish I would have stuck with football in high school. I played my freshman year. I was the quarterback at Marcos. We went seven and one. We were really good. That next year. I was like, no, I'm just going to focus on basketball. I didn't play anymore. And my dad was like, you're stupid. You should keep playing football. You're pretty good at it. And I was like, no, nah, I want to, I want a ball. I want to play basketball. And that next season I would have started on varsity because the starting quarterback on varsity went to a party, broke his hand. He was out for the season and the backup quarterback had torn his knee up. And so they went to the third string quarterback, which they didn't have any. And they had to grab my my buddy <laughs> who had never played quarterback before and he was starting at quarterback on jv he ended up playing varsity and i sat in the stands and i was like damn that's fucked up <laughs> that's rough man. sorry adam that's tough yeah i feel uh, like i don't have any that's it i feel like i would have went pro if i played football that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's no big deal. I could be a I millionaire. I could, I could kind of throw a ball over those mountains over there. Oh boy, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I have one because, like, oh, you guys' life is just so fucking peachy perfect. No, it's not. No like... regrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, because I tr all the things that I wanted to do, like if I like, I thought when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. So I, then I went to L.A. and tried to be an actor. <laughs> Did you so see I at this least comment? tried it. 
Did you see this comment by Jay? He said, if no. I was 6'3", I would have been in the league. Shaking my head. My lazy eye gave me the craziest core vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Jay, Jay was out here singing, seeing passing angles that nobody yeah, else could no see. No idea where he's going with the ball. <laughs> Hell, yeah, Jay. Get buckets, boy. Love oh, it. Love it. That would have been love fantastic. It. So you would have been an actress, huh? Oh, you I tried it. Though. Tried. I was terrible. You were. Yeah. What? What kind of like? Did you do anything that we would know? Is there, is there evidence of this? Yeah. <laughs> do we have um, found footage? No, probably not. Because the only major thing that I got when I was out there got cut out in the final edit of the movie, anyway. So, I never Ooh. actually got to see it. Um, but like I told you guys, like I've done print work and stuff before. Remember Gerald, when I told you I ended up on a brochure for some kids yeah. camp in Utah mm -hmm. somewhere. That was yeah. one of those things. Um, but no, honestly, I mean, I guess the what if question would be, what if I had actually legitimately tried because I did kind of try, but I also chalk up the time I spent in LA as my quote unquote college years, because I spent more time hanging out with friends and doing all the things you do in college than I did legitimately trying to make uh, this a, a career. I don't know what you're talking about, Lindsay. What do you do in college? I'm just saying it was probably more like OGs and Four Peaks, you know, type of vibes than it was like hard work and determination, I guess you could say. But she did find polish her turnaround skills because you see how she just turned her around right into an ad, baby. There you go. <laughs> Well done. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have any. Oh I'm well, I have mine. This mine's not a what if, but if the Suns would not, if the Suns hadn't hired me, I would have gone to the Boston Celtics. Really? Oh, oh man. So you would have been where Amanda Flugrad is. Yeah. Wow. It, it, we kind of would have would have been a swap basically at that point. So um, one of the guys over there basically said. Um, during the interview process, like, if you're not going to hire her, I'm, I'm going to snatch her up. So I would have been all over in Boston, and who knows where I would have been at that point in time, and it would be really cold. Well, that worked out for us. I hope you feel the yeah. same, but that worked out nicely for us. Yeah. No, I was really happy with the way that it turned out, trust okay. me. I feel like yeah. I, Phoenix Phoenix fits my vibes much more than Boston does, so I was very happy to be able to stay here. Fair. Um, mine are probably both basketball-related. And they're, they were at the peak of my basketball playing days, which was high school. Um, my senior year, see, our high school had three-peated. And my senior year, I got what hurt. What high school with did a, you go to? Uh, St. Pius X. Oh, in New, New Mexico. Yeah, okay, in gotcha. Albuquerque. So we had three-peated. Senior year, I was our leading scorer. And, like, we were really good. And then I hurt my groin, like, halfway through the season. I missed, like, a month or two. And then I came back and the team like found its groove without me. And so when I came back, it was kind of like that weird process where a player, a prominent player comes back. And so we kind of got screwed in our seating and had to play the number one team in the state in the second round. And this is, they're called Española and we play at where the university of New Mexico plays and they like pack the entire arena with their fans. It's like 90%. The entire city of Española goes to these games and we were winning and then on the last play, I got an inbounds pass and was running up. We're down two or down three, so we need a three. And I pull up, and the big guy comes out, and I pass it off to somebody else. Gets deflected. We have an inbounds play, and our guy misses the three. 
So like I had my shot to shoot the game tying shot. Didn't take it because I thought somebody else was more open and it still haunts me. What if I had taken the shot to this day? So that Mm. one, that one's my lamest. What if is what if I had taken a shot in high school basketball, but the comments about it though are really funny. Are they? I'm I'm not going to read them, but you guys can. Uh, Breaking girth has been ruled out for tonight's game due to girth and safety protocols. (laughs) Growing too girthy. girthy. Uh, I shouldn't have read that. That's the one I wasn't going to read. Yeah, that's that's fair. (laughs) Um, Okay. First off, I have a a question for you, Saul. Have you heard anything from drafting? Yes, tomorrow. It will be live tomorrow. Officially tomorrow. Officially tomorrow. Do we have a time frame? No. Okay. Officially well, tomorrow. Well, hopefully, hopefully before our show, so we can dive into it hopefully. and um, potentially put some some money down on that and hopefully win some more money because that's a good what if. What if we had placed futures bets at the beginning of the season that were better bets? We'd all be a lot richer these days. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's for true. sure. Um, so just a reminder to everyone listening right now: if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code PHNX. After you make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, which, by the way, could wrap up any time now, you're going to get $150 in free bets instantly. So be sure to take advantage of that sooner rather than later. Once again, that's promo code PHNX, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so I have a final (laughs) question for you. I got to say this. I got to do this in my... uh... Uh, what's the name? Breen? Mike Breen. Mike Breen yeah. voice, all right? Ben for three. Won't go. Rebound, Wallace. Back out the girl for the win. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> Do you get any final um, thoughts or anything you want to share about what ifs or, or sons as of late before I transition us into this random question I have for you? Uh, let's get let's the random get question. Okay. So... I saw this thing on Instagram, and I don't know how true it is, but we're going to pretend it is true, okay? Netflix announces real-life Squid Game with a huge $4.5 million prize, and it wants players. Mm -hmm. One, the first question is, would you do it? And then the second question, I know we talked about this a while ago, like when we first started PHNX, but now that you know your coworkers better, who do you actually think would be able to potentially win this game? Uh, I would do it because I assume you're not really going to die. <laughs> what if you do, though? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Netflix is going to air that? Like, damn. Uh, I would totally do it. But uh, in our network of people that I think would secretly find a way to win, uh, I low-key think it would be Emma. Oh, Emma. that's a good okay. one. Emma. She's sneaky. She she's is. sneaky. Is and funny? she's... Emma's also really good at like, cause she's super kind and I don't think it's like, I think it's genuine for her, but I feel like that would also be a really good like tool for this type of a situation. Can everyone would be like, Oh, sweet Emma, we got to take yeah. care of her. Plus physically you're like, oh, I don't know where and then Emma her. would be like, donezo. Yeah. She's like 105 I pounds. Win. You're like, oh, I'm not worried about her. And the next thing you know, you're done. Yep. So that's why I saw body checked her into the boards when we played yeah. run ball. Sure did. Sure <laughs> did. He I knew. took a running start, too. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Emma's in the house! Unmute yourself. No! <laughs> yeah, I thought you would win Squid Game. You don't think you would win? 
Maybe. Yeah, see? <laughs> see, she's playing coy. That's what that's how she gets you. No, 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 she no. Thinks, think... She thinks she makes you feel like she's your friend, and then done. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can I just I... remind everyone that you checked me into the board with Ice Den? No, we we just talked about that. Yeah. No, oh, okay, okay. No, yeah. I'm coming for it. I'm coming for you, Sol. Okay. All right. Sol, Actually, no. I'm like way too scared. <laughs> So you'd be the first person that Emma targets in Squid Game. Oh, I know. Like, I would, oh, I would be the first go. person that a lot of people would target in Squid Game. I promise <laughs> oh you. Maybe we should no, do that. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Next, oh, yes. Next all-staff meeting? Yep. PH and next Squid Game. Let's do it. Oh, dear God. Only if we make a show out of it, though. Oh, we will make a show out of it. And we yeah. will do different competitions, and we will find out who is going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving now. I, I swear. I yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Gerald, who do you think would win? <sighs> That's a good question. That is a good question. I'm trying to think. Hello in the like chat a- said Saul is a Robert Horry. <laughs> a Robert Horry. <laughs> I would if you, probably, mean, if you mean clutch as hell, then yes, I am. Yeah, I would I would honestly say either Saul or Lindsay, either one of my co-hosts are gonna be the ones that's gonna take it home because Saul Saul has played athletics at a high level so he knows how to compete Lindsay is just very competitive and so she will totally stab you in the back when you're not looking like i would yeah. be as vicious like you i don't think hog- people realize how vicious Lindsay is you All remember is how the, love and war you guys this is this is okay like, like in the hunger games where they like formed alliances and then like the elite killers would like kill off their like i would be the person that gets killed off Performing an alliance, that Lindsay would and Lindsay, Lindsay would be the one that killed. Me. Yes, exactly. exactly. Oh, come on, I Lindsay wouldn't kill targeted... you unless it was down to me and you, Gerald. I would keep you alive until it was Lindsay... down to the final two. But then, then it's just it is what it is. It's not. Lindsay my fault. doesn't even realize that she formed an alliance on this very show from day <laughs> one with Gerald. Like it was like as soon as he walked in the door, alliance, and I was like, you know, for what? We're not even competing against each you other. You say yeah. I didn't realize as if that wasn't a calculated decision no. done on purpose, Saul. Yeah, because I didn't even realize we were playing a fucking game yet. <laughs> you, you, you know Everything what is a game, Saul. Everything. You know what <laughs> it would happen? Won. It would be like the end of Hunger Games where Lindsay and I make it to the very end and we like decide <laughs> to have this suicide pact with the blueberries. And I eat mine, and then she spits hers out like. <laughs> no, she doesn't spit it out. She spits it on you. Yeah, that's exactly what she does. She's like, psych. You guys think I'm so evil? You have evil-like tendencies. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I'm not like, I'm not like diabolical, like, like crazy beyond any. Like, my friend Just- demon qualities evil. My friend Justin has seen me snap once, like, and I kind of went back to like drill sergeant mode back when I was in the military, like on mm. somebody, and he was like, Holy shit, I didn't even know you had that in you. Mm. And I was like, Yeah, like there's a crazy side that everybody has, and you got you know, there's a threshold. Mm. And I I haven't seen peak Lindsay just going off the charts, but <laughs> we've come close. We've come we've very come close. close. <laughs> on this show today yeah. <laughs> yeah hello hello gets it i'm not evil i just have evil tendency and yeah, so does right. everybody else it's everybody. just a matter of how willing you are to admit it or not but it's See, there gerald, everybody gerald is like sweet baby gerald but i promise you 
when he crosses that threshold, his threshold goes from zero to a hundred, right? I yes. think everybody, everybody has measures of that threshold, right? So like if I snap, I go from like 25 where I'm usually at <laughs> to like <laughs> 75, right? Mm-hmm. And Lindsay's like 10 to 90. Mm-hmm. Gerald will be like zero to a hundred. Gerald so, is like, the Gerald one you the... have to worry about. Yes, a million percent. Yes. Gerald are the people that you have to keep yep. a, a strict eye on because when that snap snaps, it's like, oh, you better have a plan in place yeah. or you're done for. Yeah, Gerald's that dude that says these words. Uh, one of us has got to go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Gerald's the mean that's like, call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right, gentlemen. This was, I'm glad that we ended the show this way because I feel a lot better now. The start of the show, I'm not going to lie, was really heated. I was mm-hmm. literally and emotionally and mentally hot. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, understandably. Yeah, so I'm glad that we ended out on a better note. Uh, Thank you all for joining. Thank you guys for a good conversation. I know I yelled at some of you, but no hard feelings. Just uh, Just love. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just life. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, Saul did mention, uh, we joked a little bit that alcohol could kill bacteria, but we don't necessarily, we're not doctors, so don't listen to us. You should listen to literal doctors. Um, so just a reminder, we want you to stay yeah. safe and healthy and COVID-19 vaccines Please, are free for we don't everyone. Need that getting out. Oh, he didn't know hazy IPA cures COVID. What? No. We were just not. joking. So uh, those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. If you want more information or to find a location near you, visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Just like always. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saunders Court Bookman. And you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. Do you guys want to rock, paper, scissor for who has to do the sign-off? Oh, it's you. I don't have a good one. Yeah. Well, neither um, did we. We just did it off the top of our head. All I know is if you guys are going to participate in a squid game type of environment, keep an eye out for the Geralds of the world. Ahoy hoy. <laughs> <laughs>